Morning, everyone. Morning, morning, morning. Morning, morning. Glitter! <laughs> glitter! Don't. I've got glitter. I knew you were going to do that. Nothing. As soon as we were doing nothing it. Nothing frightens him more than glitter. I can't swear as I much was, as I'd like to. I hate I was swear. good to you because I know how much he hates it. But you had the same look of terror. They didn't see it because you were out of the shot. But the terror, look, I, as Keir Starmer, it was the same feeling. So do you <laughs> sympathise with Keir? Well, should we watch Keir? Should we see how he responded? Does anyone Mark, Mark has an irrational I, fear of glitter. My, I had every bit no of sympathy for him. Let's check it out. Oh no, and then you put his arm around him. Is that Ed Bull? It looks like Ed Miliband. No, it's not Ed Miliband. That is silly. Ed Miliband. No, but I tell you what was going on there for a minute. Keir Starmer thought that was Ed Miliband attacking him. <laughs> That's why he he looked look confused. But, but Mark, tell us about your fear of glitter. It is, it is huge. There was a, there is a family member I won't name them who would often hurl glitter around the house. Right. Okay. Num <laughs> number of things. I actually think that my facial eczema got worse when I met you because your family seemed to do so much, whether it be to do with effing ABBA, Mamma Mia, fairies, idiocy, stupidity, fucking, this stuff would be everywhere. So it would go here and then it would go in here. And the then I took my asthma pump once and I thought, what the hell has gone into my lungs? <laughs> I oh look God, in it the and there's a little mound of it you know we're a showbiz family and we all show offs unashamedly show offs and we love to party so yeah glitter has disappeared from the sawala household since meeting mark every time sometimes when Dina when comes first, in i say to her i have when, to do a shakedown on you and she does a shakedown and there's literally a but mound do you know of what mark my dad was exactly the same it's men they just don't understand glitter <laughs> Are there any men here that feel the same way about glitter? Swatches? I mean, thankfully, I don't have a foreskin, so it doesn't get stuck in there. Do you know I only found out that he had no foreskin? Oh, when babe, was it? Babe, a year ago. Babe, you brought babe. up foreskins, not me. I had no intention of talking about your foreskin today. Well, they don't want. Of, or lack of. I was going to say, that's an oxymoron. You brought it up. Talking. You brought it up. Well, I brought more than that up. Um, don't wait for applause. I wasn't waiting for applause. You were. Waiting you were you waiting for belt. applause. Glitter is the most annoying thing. The only time I vaguely enjoyed glitter was probably at a rave back in the 90s when some mad fairy woman danced towards me in some kind of tent. Oh, my God, I love that. Christine, hi. I hate glitter. Christine, <laughs> thank you for the simplicity of your message. Erin <laughs> Bollamore, glitter is terrible, it gets everywhere and takes a fucking century to get it out Thank you, Erin. So I get his path. Yeah. He but now, anyway. poor old Starmer, if he gets elected and he's Prime Minister, he'll still find a bit somewhere <laughs> as he's doing his he speech will. to the as press. He does, we'll see just yeah. a little. Yeah. We'll see just in a, a year and a glint. half when he's standing down the street, there'll be a glint here and it'll still, he'll have scrubbed himself senseless. But he'll still have that bit of glitter from back in the day. But hopefully he spoke to, you know, he mentioned 
he's he used the word the terminology working class many yeah. times in his speech me and nadia both let, let's be honest let's do a little behind the scenes moment we both felt we had to and have to and should because we you know we talked a lot about the conservative party conference uh, talk about the labor party conference now obviously we make no secret of the fact that we lean left um and we don't lean right so uh we we find ourselves more aligned to kind of labor party policies than I we don't do lean. conservatives i lie flat left well yes yes but that doesn't necessarily <laughs> but what that doesn't mean is you don't have i don't think anyone should have a blinkered obsessive blind belief in whatever the parties Absolutely. do so Absolutely. you know um but i do think Keir is a decent man and i think well, i think it, his response I think to the sign, shows you what i think it's the sign of the times that because he has a very honest, very plain delivery, he is vilified for mm. not being a showman yeah. and not for being a showboat, for not being a showboater. When is that what you call it, showboater? Yeah, it's a nice, well, yeah. Um, but it, you're right, the, the, the really, cult of the personality is a massive yes, deal, isn't it? And, and it's like we don't learn. <coughs> these, 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 these leaders with this shabazz and shebang and show business style are often often don't give a shit about well, people and yes. i and i think Ke Keir care does care about people yeah he's unexciting but effective yes but we don't want exciting we, we need a really steady hand from a person that really really cares and i really like angela Rayner. and i really like oh my god what's her name now the education minister yvette cooper yvette cooper is she the education yvette, she is yeah and um, and, and that, that really interests me, what they were saying on the uh, I slightly education. disagree. I slightly disagree. I mean, on the one hand, yes, I get what you're saying. I don't think a politician should be all about whether they no. are brilliant with the media, yeah. in the media, whether they... I but, know what you're going to say. But I have to say, I do think it is a defining aspect of leadership and good leaders that you're good orators, you're good talkers. You, you, yeah. you create ideas or thought, if you think of, you know, it's not, don't get me wrong, most of the greatest speeches in history by presidents or prime ministers weren't written by the presidents or prime ministers. But in a weird way, like an actor, they have to inhabit and understand what it is they're saying and believe it so much in order to get it across in the way that they do it. There has to be the believability factor. And I sometimes but worry... people believed Suella Braverman, and I found her well, so staged, and so she's so performative. Well, I'm going to say something really contentious. I despised every single aspect of her speech, but it was a highly effective piece of speechery. It was, yes, but not not for me. No, because if I, you had someone I could with her see capacity where to do the coach she... had said to her, hold the moment, lift the yes. hand for me yeah, she no, was like a puppet oh, i, I didn't think she yeah, was no, a good no. she didn't move me she but didn't it was a very she, well written speech it was a, it was a well written speech to dog whistle uh, anger and hate yes yeah, yeah. hannah lieb shoots you should not want leaders with showbiz personality if i wanted her to hear someone talk sense with politics but has a showbiz personality i would listen to a comedian often they talk sense that's not that, that absolutely isn't what i'm saying what i do think is important with leaders is that they have the gift and unfortunately, we well, not just reach people, but also to, to, to kind of translate sometimes complicated ideas in a way that's relevant and relatable to people's yeah. everyday yeah. lives. So people can grasp it and go, oh, OK, I, I don't think I've had that moment with a politician in absolutely centuries where I've gone, oh, right, that's quite a clever thought because everything is aligned to getting into power, winning the part, the electorate. And so if you've got the electorate forever, dictating what they're saying you're never going to hear anything new are you because you're going to just hear a version of what you've heard someone say down a pub in, in the spoons 
I mean, the thing is, he really does come from a working class family. He was a child carer. His mother was very poorly. He's a really good person. If you listen to his his um, interview, yeah, I've, I've, I've certainly softened. Yeah, down. and and the thing is, you know, the Tories love to make big of the fact that he's a sir. But if you look back to where how he's got to where he's got, is he not one of the few sirs admirable. who worked his way there, oh, rather than kind of being yeah. you know a mate of yeah. Boris's who had yeah. to kind of wander around the sort of lavatory? I think his dad was a plumber, and but but people don't buy into that. Lee Doran, I'd like you know what I'd quite like to go down the pub with Keir. I wouldn't mind having a pint with him. I don't drink that. We had Angela Rayner on Loose Women, and I really liked it. And I tell you who else I really really liked, and every part of my instinct was like, this is a good person. Um, leader of the Liberal Party. Oh, yeah. He 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 he's a What's very decent Nick, guy. No, 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 Nick Clegg. No, thingy uh, no. Davies. Ed Davies. Ed Davies. Yeah. Just quickly on this, and then we'll move on. Um, the, the the chatter that's coming through a lot of the kind of mainstream media or MSM as we like to call them um, is that uh, uh, Angela Rayner is setting um, Starmer up for a fall. I think there is a bit of a kind of leadership contest behind the scenes going on there. So the suggestion from some pundits is that she's made promises at the uh, at the conference that he is in, in no way going to be able to deliver upon and she's going to be able to kind of hop. So I think there's some little bit of jostling, sure. which happens in all politics. Mm-hmm. That's not, you know, what, that's what, I really want to watch the thick of it again since you mentioned it. I really want to watch. Yeah. Just, to, just to touch on Yvette Cooper's speech as well, because we've talked a lot about this, I really liked what she was saying about maths, because how many times have we moaned about that, this on here? Mm. You know, and that we've got to get the numeracy sorted. I mean, they all say this stuff, don't they, at the beginning? But, let me see. but they're talking maths and for life, aren't they? They're talking maths for life. They're talking mm. about making it more relevant to kids. They're talking about let's worry first about the six-year-olds that don't have numeracy, rather than saying making all kids do maths until 18, many of whom haven't understood it from the age of six um, upwards. So um, I think a lot of people will are wanting a shift in education at the moment, aren't they? Erin Bullimore, Angela Rayner's speech was better than Keir's, much more relatable than him, has, and is, has some charisma. And she also, she you know, she's very um, I mean, it's weird, because whilst it's a shame, because in a weird way, although Keir Starmer has worked hard for that sir, it parks him one step away yeah. from sort of ordinary folk in a way that Angela Rayner has that immediate kind of connectivity. Yeah. It's, it's almost like she'd be better as leader and he'd be better <coughs> as a deputy. Yeah. A steady, you know, very, very mm. steady, highly educated, um, very smart, very well informed mm. deputy mm. would be amazing. <laughs> I mean, they have to do something spectacularly wrong not to win the next election. That's She's sure. got charisma. I yeah. tell you, when she came into the studio, I was like, whoa. But I think the fact that they are in such a spectacularly strong position with automatically almost winning the keys to the beamer at uh, the next election, that's why I think we could see a real jostle for power because any jostle for mm. power on the left can happen quite safely now because they have a huge sort of advantage, don't they, on the Tories? Well, do you remember when she said famously, said, oh, well, she just put a bit more welly into it? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> She's kind of, a truer word has not been said. Give us a bit more welly. But I have to say, I, I thought the way he the way he responded gave me a real insight, actually. I hadn't seen that. I hadn't seen it quite like that. Um, the only other thing I would say about maths, it's really good. It's always a shame that they only ever focus on maths. Why don't we just focus on, can we not focus on improvement? Well, all, well, no, it was English as well. Yeah, no, but, but I think there's a lot of chat around maths, isn't right. there? Because of this ridiculous idea of yeah. wishes. Okay, just quickly, just a bit of admin. For those of you who are listening on podcast and you're not followers of the channel, there's a members live happening tonight at six. Um, With me? 
And uh, what was the thing I was going to say? Oh, and there's going to be no coffee moaning tomorrow. Neither of us can do it, but there will be a uh, one o'clock. Um, so that's just, just, just so you know. Holly Willoughby. Tomorrow or Friday, we haven't decided. No, no, it has to be tomorrow. Okay. I can't do it tomorrow. Okay. Um, Holly Willoughby. Mm. This story broke last night. Um, and uh, I sort of said, oh, should, should, should we sort of really be commenting on it? I mean, it's a very sad time, I think. Personally, I, you know, regardless of what you think of Holly Willoughby, I feel like she, however she looks back on this time, what, what a horrendous way for it all to kind of unravel. Well, as I've said many times on here, since, the, here since, the Philip, since Philip's admission of his behaviour, um, well, actually, for me, right from when there was the Q-gate, um, uh, and I and I I really think it was just. Oh, that was kind of a. a I, thing. I I don't know what happened. Who can know what happened? But all I know is, if I were to be accused of something alongside my colleague, my a fellow presenter, I would have made sure that I was doing the voiceover with my colleague of apology, rather than letting just. Is that what happened? Well, the video, which was just, yeah, it was just Holly talking. It wasn't, it, and Philip didn't. And I, and I just noticed from around that time, I think the m many parts of the media have been incredibly unfair on her compared to Philip. I just feel like there's been a whole load of misogyny going on towards her. And I, as I've said many times before, I don't know Holly she, I've passed, passed her in the corridor and say hello. I don't know her, but I, I see, I see what I see. And I think sometimes I think she's almost blamed more than Philip for what Philip admitted to, weirdly. Seems to be more anger towards her. Oh, for, for, for a fact. And is that fact, because, it's, it's just and is that because, depressing. you know, she's, she was still standing. Is that because she's beautiful and because she's well off and because she has what appears to be, you know, yeah. the perfect life? I don't know. I think a lot of that does come into to that sort of thing, mm. actually, in the mm. trolling. And so I don't like that. I really, it doesn't sit well with me at all that she seems to have been attacked over a sustained period of time. And then, of course, the latest, we don't want to name this person, we don't want to talk about the details of this person, this the latest horror, and it is a horror. I, I mm. my skin crawls at the thought of how she must have been left feeling, how her family must have been left feeling. It's absolutely horrific. Mm. So, you know, how can we know? We don't know what, what has finally made her do this, but all of that together, you must think, she must think, do you know what, I'm sick and tired. Emma Margaret Holly was a huge part of the reason I love watching this morning. I'll be very, it'll be very odd not seeing her every morning. The haters and witch hunters have unfortunately won. I agree with Nadia. I, I do that. That was the part of this that I thought was a real shame in a sense. Is that I think, as you rightly say, we don't know the exact details. This could have been a decision that she was actually arriving at anyway prior to this most recent kind of episode. My worry is that it will send a signal out to idiots like that unspeakable individual that in some way they can they can enact change by their well, that's behavior not true, so don't let no 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 it's that. not true but i think you know <clears throat> come on you, these people have got slightly sort of warped kind of brains haven't they so <clears throat> i think there's going to be that lovely satisfaction of oh we've got a scalp or something so like, you know why where and for what purpose and when when these people who want these scalps get to the pearly gates of heaven what 
what's, what's going to happen there? It's just ridiculous. Um, but let's read out her, let's I, I, read out I, her I have, statement. I, 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 I'm just waiting now for all the press to like, not all the press, some of the press, to go the other way. Oh, poor Holly, poor Holly, poor, you know, and just stand like, oh, you know, what a terrible time she's had. Well, just remember, you played a bloody big part in that. So she said, her full statement said, I've left ITV, I've let ITV know today that after 14 years, I'll not be returning to this morning. To everyone who's ever worked on the show over the years, thank you so, so much. This is such a difficult goodbye. You're incredible and I forever will be proud of what we've done together. Thank you to everyone at ITV for being supportive. To every guest who sat on our sofa, thank you. Most of all, thank you to the wonderful viewers. You've been so loyal, so supportive and the very best company every day. Richard and Judy said, we only look after this show. It will always belong to the viewers. It's been an honor to just be part of its story and I know this story has many chapters left to go. Sadly, however, I now feel I have to make this decision for me and my family. I will miss you all so much, Holly. Oh, I think it's. I think. I think it's Sad. a real shame. I just think. Yeah. Now, a number of you just quickly. A number of you are saying, "Well, what will she do next?" I actually think, given her profile, she used to be on Celebrity Juice. Thing. I well, think she'll be able to pick and choose. Well, I think she'll be able to pick and choose, but I also think she does have a profile that lends itself quite well to almost any genre. I think. Yeah. I think she can. I think. I think she'll be all right. I think she just needs to take a breather, nurse her wounds take take some time out um and i, I think she'll bounce back i think she'll be i think she'll be wanted horrible wanted but yeah, yeah of course she will be yeah. yeah um so that's holly willoughby who's quick quick itv i mean interesting moment for this morning i mean you know wow it's um and they're just God, sort of, what's going to happen there they're sort of refinding their feet aren't they you, you sort of wonder whether you know well, yeah i mean i suppose yeah, anyway okay. i adore Alison and Joseph. Yeah, yeah, no, and apparently they do. <laughs> like, it's a real success. A lot of the too, time in ITV, you'll see people walk down the corridor and you go, oh, God, never will Alison run towards them. I Am I right in thinking this morning used to be called Richard and Judy? Or did it start as this morning oh, with Richard question. and Judy? I don't Because I, I remember when I was in my last year of I my first know. degree, which was 1992, it being on telly in 1992. So how long ago was that? Well, that but, was that but if Judy? that quote, the quote that Holly gave, which is Rich and Judy said, it's not about anyone's show, it's the viewer's show. Mm. Maybe not. Because, yeah, you know, Rich and Judy, you'd think they, they probably thought it was their show. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, it's three hours of telly. Like someone said, it's viewing figures of 700,000. That doesn't really reflect. There was a really good piece somewhere talking about the significance of a show like this morning. You've got lots of friends. I love Twitch you know, Judy. I have to say, far <laughs> more than seven hundred thousand people dip into it. It is one of those grazing shows, isn't it, that you have on in the background? So, um, so yeah. Anyway, of course, we're going to have to before we get to some of the heartwarming bits and bobs. We're just going to pass through the continuing tragedy of Israel and and Palestine. Wow. Uh, sort of, I think we're going to less pass comment, but more give you some sort of facts of the day. There's been the suggestion that Suella Braverman has suggested that waving a Palestinian flag should maybe not be legitimate. Um, I, again, it feels like, a, I mean, obviously, you know, there should be, what we're pushing back against here, there are terribly awful, lamentable examples of of Israeli flags being burnt, of swastikas being daubed in awful places. Of course, absolutely. Which is absolutely unforgivable. And, and and I think that what happens with flags, which is really tricky, and I find this with the St. George's flag, I, I see the St. George's flag as a really aggressive flag. And I think it's a shame it, that that's shame. the case. But I do think flags become incredibly, well, I mean, that's what a flag was for, wasn't it? A flag was to be had on the battlefield for you to kind of all pull around mm. and know your unit and fight and morale boost and know that you were all united around your flagpole mm. essentially so it's hard. i always find it hard to see 
a flag as anything other than quite aggressive. But I think to ban one side's flag at this moment is really... It's, it's so inflammatory. Dangerous. I mean, you know, listen, you know, imagine if you have, if you have, if, if one of your members of your family or friends are, are in Gaza, two million people there, 50% of which are under 15. Mm. There's a humanitarian crisis going mm. on in Gaza. They now have no electricity, no water. They have cut off everything. They have fuel last. Apparently, their reserves of fuel will last another forty minutes. Now, before we before we home in on the Gaza thing, it's really important to say, uh, Lee, you mentioned, you know, there are all sorts of continually evolving stories of the atrocities that have been enacted in this kind of assault, if you like, and terrorist assault on on Israel. Uh, and the, at the peak, and the, can I just say one of the most tragic aspects of this whole thing for me? is that apparently the vast majority of the youngsters who were in attendance at the peace festival in Israel mm. were Palestinian sympathizers. They were actually members. This is this is just one of those moments where you just put your head in your hands at the, the sadness of the whole situation. It was a peace festival. It was a peace festival, but m- nearly all of them were pro-Palestinian. But this is the madness of war <sighs> and the innocence that are, that are just caught up in it. In the most brutal and vile way. And we, of course, we always, of course, every single um, atrocity that has been, you know, eked out. What's the word? Not mm, the word. Yeah, What's the word? Inflicted. Know. Inflicted by Hamas is, is despicable and savage and horrific. But to punish... Well, the punishment that is now going on... Well, we're starting to get into proportionality. Of the the innocent, also innocent people Mm. in Gaza, many of whom, you know, do not support Hamas Mm. and are sick and tired of of the continued warlike situation that they live in. And as I was saying, 50% of the population in Gaza are under 15. I was listening to a doctor today who's hiding in the UN building. And, you know, Nick Ferrari was saying to him, so, you know, the electricity and what he said, oh, there's none. It's not like they're turning it on and off. They have cut off all electricity. Sky News, and this is from Sky News, have got drone footage of the devastation in Gaza City. All the water... You know, this is this is these are people where there is forty percent unemployment, sixty five percent live under the poverty line. What is going to come out of this? Where are we going to end up if we are obliterating on the other side as well? Obliterate. I mean, look at that. You know, there's nowhere to run. There's nowhere to hide. Um, the UN are putting out appeals now, aren't they, and saying, you know, well, this the, is... the, the 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 tone of the the internet, you know, look, I mean, I think we were saying the same thing. There has there had to be a moment, there had to be a moment where everyone heard, felt, saw, recognised, and validated Israel's pain and agony mm. of what happened, and that there had to be that moment. There has to be that moment. There also has to be an acknowledgement. On both sides, because one of the strongest arguments behind why there are these eruptions of violence from the Palestinian side is the sustained and constant sense of strangulation and control and inability to live freely or as freely as anyone else would normally expect to. Um, and and so, by the sa- unfortunately, by the same standard, it's not surprising. We all knew that Israel were going to feel that they had to have their opportunity 
to hit back, which they've done and they're doing and they've done. And I do think now is the time when you've got 30 minutes or whatever left of fuel where they've been, uh, you know, but people in the Gaza Strip are being encouraged to evacuate but can't evacuate because none of the routes out are actually available. When none of the world leaders have actually talked about the innocent Palestinians mm. at all, have, haven't mentioned them yet at all, and we're looking at a siege, a siege which, and, then this, and this is where we get into the awfulness of proportionality, are we going to a get siege where potentially two and a half million people are being prevented to uh, stop from getting food. That doesn't feel right, just as the original attacks didn't doesn't feel, feel right. right. I mean, they are now listening. I've listened to a number of doctors this morning and they said there is now, I mean, the the hospitals are at full capacity, right? The One doctor was talking about all the children on his dialysis ward are going to die, right? Because they do not have the fluids and the things that they need to put, hmm. that, they, that, that they need. We can't ignore that. Even if you think of it just totally selfishly, not thinking about them as human beings, but just what will this do? What what could this set off? The, you know, the region is so fragile. You know, other, other, other Arab nations could be really ignited by this if mm. we are going to witness... Well, it's, it's, if we are going to witness the people of Gaza being the innocent people of Gaza, I always say that, being starved to death. My sense of what is that, I mean, the only thing, what happens literally, I think, in the next six hours as Gaza runs out of fuel and all supplies is, is going to dictate the it's entire, it's going to dictate the entire journey of the rest of this. I think, I think Hezbollah, I think Lebanon, I think Iran, I think all of these kind of other factions, you know, there was a, there was a case in Egypt of a, of a police officer, an Egyptian police officer just shooting two Israeli Riffle. tourists. Riffle. You know, police so, officer. Yeah. And so, you know, the, so the idea of that sort of, you know, aggravation within local, within other countries, you know, you've got, you've got countries that are friendly with Israel, such as Jordan, you've got countries that are, uh, uh, you know, if not collaborators, they sit in an uncomfortable agreement, if you like, but their populations don't necessarily sign up to that same opinion. And so um, I think this is a really key moment. I think if Israel push relentlessly, because at the moment they've, they've flattened Gaza City and all their troops are on the border, they're about to go in, there's 100,000 on the border now, They've armed everyone, I believe, in local villages on the border, uh, civilians with rifles. Um, and um, what what happens next? Hezbollah, Lebanon, Syria, everyone is, is waiting to see. And this will be the moment. It's how they now go in. If they quickly open genuine escape routes, I think Biden has just mentioned, has just mentioned, that then uh, the uh, humanitarian corridor needs to be established for Palestine. He's just because they apparently that's bombed, so they, so it's really difficult mm. for people to get out. I mean, the thing is, how are you going to if the plan is to to get back at Hamas to get the Hamas um, <clears throat> anyone involved in this mm. dead and gone? How can you pick that out in Gaza? Mm. That must mean that they're just going to keep bombing until there is no Gaza. And then that is, you know, that's another, that's a, that's a whole heap of hell that's waiting. Oh God, what a horrible, horrible. I just, I said to Mark, I don't go more than 15, 20 minutes without thinking about this through the day. I'm finding it just, I mean, it's a, so, I mean, it's a curious thing to say, but my, my hope and hope within all of this is, is pointless is, is that actually Israel will take their foot off the gas and they won't necessarily go in. Don't cut off the water. 
if they do go this is this is this is 50 percent of them are under 15 let's just Mm. remember that and just just um yeah just lastly be really careful about what you're looking at online because they are there are there is so much stuff that is coming out Mm. that is just fake Mm. you know listening to the bbc this morning and listening to genuine doctors out there talking as the bombs are going off listening to journalists out in, 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 you know, on the other side, that's the way to get your news, not from the, I mean, there's so much, uh, so much rubbish being put out on Twitter. I mean, it's curious. Films cause, from cause, years ago. But yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, really look, and, and, and propaganda, we saw this in Ukraine, there's all sorts yeah. of propagandist kind of Terrible. like fake news, fake films and all that kind of stuff. I mean, the other thing to bear in mind is, yes, the, the awful stories of the babies, the children, the deaths. And in fact, there was a an Israeli IDF uh, com- commander or leader who said that he couldn't confirm mm. some of the reports of beheadings and things like that. So it's really important that when one hears this stuff, it's inflammatory and everyone is seeking to validate their position because a lot of what they're feeling is valid. Of yeah. course, Israel is hurt. Israel is in shock. Israel is traumatized. The Palestinians are in a post-traumatic stress place, uh, courtesy of years and years and years of this. Um, uh, as our Israel, too, you know, so it's, you know, on both sides there was, of the equation. You know, you know, when they do the religious moment on BBC Four, there was such a great guy today, and he was just talking about the difference between anger and rage, and anger is a powerful human emotion, mm. and rage is something that can just cause more hell, basically. And it was really good. If you get a chance, listen to it. It's great. I mean, anyway, I hate to talk. quote Yoda, of all people, but it's a great quote. I'm yeah. not going to do his voice because it's inappropriate. But when he says anger leads to hate, hate leads to suffering. And, and that's it. Rage. That is, and that's, that is what we're, that's what we're seeing. So you want to end on something fun and fluffy, quite literally. We're going to try and turn a corner here. Is that right? You sent these four clips. Oh, are we not doing it? No, we haven't got time. We haven't got time. We've got to literally dash. So, yeah, I I thought we need an and finally that that will warm our hearts. So here we go. Oh, flipping egg. Oh, my God, it's drinking from an egg. No, it's coconut. Oh, it's a coconut. Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, look at the dog. I know. Oh, hello. Hello, bunny. Oh, my God. Let's add this one now. (gasps) He's eating a melon. So cute. Oh, so sorry, guys. If you're listening on podcast, you're now sitting there <laughs> here. We're probably sounding like something awful online, but um, we're just oh my lord, look at the puppy and the duck, duck sharing the little fountain of water. That How is, oh, cute look at its tongue. I'm loving that. And you know what? Look at what harmony they live in together. Oh, well done, a cat this and is a bunny. exactly what we all need a cat and a bunny. A bunny. T- Look, that bunny is not scared of that cat at all. Sharing the cherry tomatoes. Oh, look, it's got lipstick. (laughs) Now, if you were just listening, driving on the tube or anywhere else, you're going to have to literally find the link and watch this on YouTube now because that was seriously cute. Um, Okay, guys, as I say, members live later today. Um, The second part of our um, A Couple Does Studland is going to be landing later and and lots of other stuff too. Uh, So... um, Stay safe. Stay safe. And, yeah. yeah. Look and after don't, your hearts. <laughs> and maybe really try not to watch too much news. Yeah. And do remember that not all of it is trustworthy. Yeah. You know. So um, we're going to end through the power of waving our hands.